Hi everybody, Kenny here. Just a very quick, very important trigger warning. Today is going to get pretty sensitive, pretty heavy, and we will be making reference to December 18th, as well as October 14th and November 24th. Please, 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 if you know that these are topics that you are not equipped to stick around for the entire conversation for, feel free to not listen to today's episode because it will get pretty triggering at some points. But if you are willing to stick around and you can stick around, please do because this is an important conversation. So yeah, just remember to put yourself first, put your mental health first. And if you are not up to listening at any point, feel free to click out. I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode and that you come away from it understanding and learning a little more about Jonghyun and understanding him better as a person. Just appreciate him, him more. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome back to That Research Life. My name is Shandra, your host, and in this episode, I'm very excited because I am going to be talking with one of my favorite mutuals, aka Moots, Kenny Kabini, also known as McKenzie, that's her real name, and we're going to be talking about the Spotify Cares incident that happened on July 2nd, which was a monstrosity of insensitiveness we're gonna i'm gonna say that that's like a um that's that's the least of what it was to be honest with you but i'm gonna let our past self speak in this podcast so you can so we can explain to you what it is so i'm gonna introduce kenny kabini now so she is like i said my favorite one of my favorite moots she is always on the tl writing long essays educating several people about you know what it's like to be black like in k-pop um always over there lusting over young jun always never a day never goes by where she's not doing that he's from txt he's the leader from txt by the way also she's always just you know just a awesome person to follow and um she's also the person that kind of helped me change my perspective on suicide and celebrity deaths in general because the first time I talked with her I um one of the first times we spoke about Junghyun and we spoke about um i asked her for questions and she told me you know basically when someone passes away by suicide that doesn't mean that they're you know gone forever that doesn't mean that they cease to exist and i had that mind frame and i'll be honest my definite my experience with death isn't I don't think anyone's is, but it, it definitely needed some realization, and she helped me do that. And so I, I had so much fun talking to her and hearing her talk about and hearing her get her feelings out about the situation because it was very insensitive, and it, it, it just was so insensitive. And I just 
really enjoyed listening to her and talking to her and also getting into conversation with her. And we also talked a little bit about um, the Yoongi situation with the Jim Jones sample. However, yes, this is one of my favorite moods. She is beautiful. She is just all around from what I'm getting from her, a really genuine person. And so without further ado, here is the interview slash conversation slash whatever you want to call this. Whatever it was, it was very fun. So here you go. Also, I love her accent, so I hope you fall in love with her accent too. Okay, now here we let's go on to the talk. Also, earlier in the intro, I said that Jun was the leader of TXT. He is not. Subin is the leader of TXT. So, sorry for that. Let's get on with the talk. Hello? Yeah, I hear you again. Oh, okay. It did something new. Okay. Mm. That's pretty cool. It went straight. It did it straight from the app this time. Okay. That's cool. Did you um did you get your worship done? Was that good? Yes, I did. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I woke up at like six thirty. I was like, okay, I need to like get everything ready because I don't want to leave anything out. I noticed I looked at one of the threads and I noticed um that a lot more armies were, um, they were pretty respectful, which I didn't notice in the beginning. But um, they were like, okay, yeah, we're going to unfollow this account. So there's not a lot of bad apples in that fandom, as I thought. Which yeah. is... Which yeah, as much as I have a bad relationship with Army, honestly, I have a very tumultuous relationship with Army because that was my first fandom. BTS was my first group, that kind of stuff. But Me too. From the sense that I became a multi, like it just started going downhill from there because you just start you started seeing how how close minded some people can be. How like we call it gatekeeping, like how especially. I became an army like in the twenty seventeen. So like right before right before things like blew up and they got really, Wait, really popular in the US. You became an army so, you said in two thousand seventeen? Yeah, late two thousand and seventeen. Oh, okay. So like I was there like right on the precipice right before they blew up and they got huge in the West and especially in the US because still like twenty eighteen was bearable. But you see, after, like, Boy Will Love come back, like, you just saw a whole bunch of, like, younger, and nothing against younger fans, but you saw a lot mm-hmm. of, like, really people that were bandwagoning off their success. And they just wanted to, you know, be an army because it gave them bragging rights over other groups. And oh, yeah. Group to and that clout, yeah. So, and, like, somehow it became a personality trait to, like, disrespect other groups. And I'm just like, y'all are just very unnecessary. 
And yes, it is true that in the past, a lot of people have discredited BTS, that have discredited their work, have discredited, have just been like mean to them for no reason and like disrespected their artistry and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I feel you have to be bigger than than your haters. And mm -hmm. for me, the thing about BTS is that their success speaks for itself. So I don't go mm -hmm. around, I don't see the need to defend them because... I think they speak for themselves. At least for me, there's certain things nobody can come at me about because my success in that area of my life speaks for itself. Right. So I don't have anything to prove to you. So like for me, that's kind of how I viewed BTS. Like, like they don't have anything to prove to anybody. They put in the work. They work hard. They're they're writing off the success that they've built for seven years. So I don't mm -hmm. see the need to you know. They constantly feel that you got to belittle people, especially working groups. What are you going to come after? Wait, tell me, what do you gain from coming after a rookie group? Like, what, why are they a threat to you? Why do you see the need to antagonize their stands and antagonize the people who, like, appreciate them? Like, they do it a lot with 80s, especially. Like, uh -huh. TXT gets away. TXT gets away because... They're from the same company. But let me tell you this. Had Tomorrow by Together not been from Big Hit, they would be getting the same treatment that ATs gets, that Stray Kids gets, that Six gets. What other rookie groups comes up? What other rookie groups uh, gets? Like, uh, Super M, because I saw them saying some stuff about Super M. And they, I was like, are you serious? Do you know who Super M consists of? Exactly. <laughs> like, you cannot, you can, like, one thing about Super M is that Super M is a group of legendary performers, right? Musicians, like they're the best of the best, like, right? Like they, they surpassed, they preceded BTS. Most of them preceded exactly. BTS. Like they're because I will fight for Timmy at the end of the day. I will, right? Because that boy did not work all those years and be in this industry all these years. But you and your little pit squeak joined June twenty nineteen south to you know, right? That's that's what because I was like when I saw a tweet, they were like, Super M is only good for. Um, they were only good. They were only created to go against BTS, and I was like, "Are you serious?" I thought, I thought they the they're not even in the same market, so I really they were not geared <laughs> towards the same market anyway. I thought of Taman immediately. I was like, "Are you serious?" There's Taman, <laughs> there's Kai, there's um Backyard. Are you serious? There's I was ten, confused. Ten, 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 so you said what? And, and there's 10. I mean, 10 is so talented. Yeah. 10 is something else. Like, Ten. everybody in that group has earned their spot there. I was just really confused when I, when I heard that. And it made me think, okay, obviously, this BTS is the only group that they probably listen to. They probably don't have that much experience with other K-pop groups. And, yeah, and for me, if you don't have that much experience like, with other, if if you, alright, how to put it, if you don't, if you don't have much experience with other groups, nobody's saying that you have to stand other groups. But if you right. never experience anybody else's music, 
if you don't know anything about the rest of the industry and you live in this bubble, how do you make assumptions about other groups? How do you make right. assumptions about how the industry works? Like, don't say you know all about K-pop if you've only listened to Map of the Soul of Seven by BTS. Exactly. Because that's like a little salt grain. Because you haven't heard about the discography. Anyway. Right. <laughs> you haven't heard. Like, I know I only stand like three groups right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to speak on Day 6 or Shiny or Girls' Generation or BOA because I don't know about that. I'm not going to call myself a K-pop enthusiast because I don't know about them. Like, I'm not going to give myself that title just because I've listened to half of BTS's discography. I'm not going to do that. But I see some people doing that, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, if you don't know, just sit down and say you don't know. You don't have to speak. I stopped making the assumptions. All you need is that supposing about you. Huh? I said I stopped making assumptions because all you do is expose your boxy. Right. <laughs> I like that word. I understood what you meant. I like that. That's cute. <laughs> That's really cute. Okay, so um, going into because I actually wrote some stuff down because I think this leads into what I wanted to say. So um, on July 2nd, we saw Spotify send, um, I think it was a shower that asked asked the question, hey, this, this song is on Jungkook. Yeah. I think, okay, so I looked up a video to pronounce his name. Jungkook, that's the best I have. Is that close or Junghyun? Okay, Junghyun. Okay, so um, they they were asking a question and then Spotify replied something else and then they said thank you and then they replied with the Stay Gold track and immediately you see a right, which was highly insensitive. And then you um, you have a bunch of sevens in the, re- <laughs> in the replies. The little sevens. The little sevens, you know, coming through like the little attack dogs. They are. They, most of them, well, some of them. I'm not going to include all the sevens, of course. But they came through and they had to, you know, Oh, actually, this was a big account that summoned all of this mess. So they come through and they like make a joke out of the whole thing. And I have the thread actually here. I'm surprised no one deleted it yet. And I have the thread here and they're like, oh, my goodness. Spotify is a Yoongi solo stand and all this crap, which really triggered me, to be honest, because. Suicide is not something little for me, like, at all. Suicide is not something to joke about. It's a serious thing. And um, there's a lot of young people now who kind of joke about it. And they kind of, like, like, you see the, the KMS um 
the KMS acronym on Twitter all the time. Like they're like joking about how they're depressed and yeah. stuff. And that, that's a real thing. And when I heard about Jungkin the first time without even being in K-pop, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, wow. And I actually was nosy and I looked up his stuff and I saw his funeral and I read the letter he wrote to um the band member from A Pink. I don't remember her name, but I know he wrote he was friends with one of them. And I was like, this is serious. Like of course at the time I was depressed a lot more depressed and I kind of understood where he was coming from. But then also at the time I was um I was going through a lot too because there was also a suicide at my college that I went to and I was thinking about that and then I was also in school as well so I was pretty stressed so when I heard about what happened with him and then seeing this happen and then thinking about the Yoongi thing where I saw people again use his death as a pawn as like oh you know, sympathy, tragedy porn, like you said before, I was like, why do people keep doing this? Why do they keep bringing him up and like kind of mocking his debt as if, you know, it's not, it's not important. You. Oh, go ahead. I, go ahead. I get you. But I... Like, before we get into that, like, I think uh-huh. I, I'm going to give a little more context as to why this Spotify thing got as problematic as it was. So, okay. essentially, for the listeners, uh, essentially what happened is that there was another artist called Jonghyun on Spotify. So, mm-hmm. one of his songs ended up on Shiny Jonghyun's playlist. And it was a memorial playlist. So, obviously, this account, it, it seems to be a fairly big Shiny account as well. And they oh. sent they sent a, a tweet to Spotify to basically say, um, okay, y'all have this in the wrong playlist. Can you change it, please? Okay, so Spotify is KJ, whoever KJ is. They sent they said, okay, we're working on it or whatever. So the account said thank you, and then KJ does not read the room, and KJ just links uh links um stay gold, and they say remember to stream stay gold. Okay. So the reason why that in and of itself was insensitive is not because of Jonghyun, it's not because of Shiny, it's not because of the big party that everybody thinks that it is. The reason why it was problematic at the Little Sevens <laughs> is because it is in poor taste. That if we're talking about one artist that you link a link to another artist, on, like, that's just poor taste in general. Like, like why, why would you do that? It's ill-timed, it's inappropriate. We're not talking about that artist. Why would you link it? And the thing is, what really upset me is had that been the other way around and it had been a BTS fan trying to get something rectified and mm-hmm. you see a Blackpink song or a polar forbid exo song. They would have lost their you mind. Know it would have been rioting. Yes. And the reason why the reason why it was so unnecessary is because it tends to feed into this narrative that all K-pop artists are the same, that K-pop is a monolith, that all, and that comes under a more xenophobic kind of notion that all Asians are the same, and that there's no Mm. diversity, and that you can reduce everybody to just one group of people. 
So that is why it was problematic in and of itself. The reason why it was problematic for Shaw Walls is because why did you see the need to screenshot the fact that it was from a Jungian playlist? That why did you have the time to put in a reaction meme? Like mm-hmm. why, why did you have the time to do all those things? That's what made it disrespectful. And that's what upset Shawls. Because that that was the part that was really unnecessary. You could have screenshot the replay if you thought it was savage or whatever. So be my guest, think that it's savage, but they remember to stream gold, Spotify is an army. Cool, that's your thing. That is completely your right. But the minute that you decide to put in a, a, a reaction meme and and the whole, the fact that it's Jungian's playlist, especially when people know like, how sensitive people get when it comes to Jungian. And I can get into why that is problematic as well. So, like, mm-hmm. that, that is what caused the problem. Like, you can't do things like that because it comes across as though you consider the fact that Spotify is being savage more important than the, than the fact that they basically disrespect the Chinese discography and disrespect the Chinese with that reply. So, that is what upset Shao. So, obviously, because that's a big army account, it blew up. And yeah, the truth, I, went, I, know, I, was, I went to her account. She had, like, 15 or 20k and i was like wow so yeah and everybody just you know this this just like dealing with just picking up the fire rage and walking with it and they're Mm -hmm. they're saying this as a drag they're saying this as something funny as something you know something to talk about and it was just really 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 disrespectful and uh, like i had more issues with the way the little sevens treated it. I call them mm-hmm. little sevens because I'm not gonna give the name army to everybody because not everybody deserves that title. And I that's that a good distinction. <laughs> so when you see a whole bunch of little sevens and they are there, like basically making a whole joke out of this thing, it it, it it was just really, it was really insensitive. And then when I came onto there and I found out, I was I saw his name trending. And whenever I see Jungian's name trending, I know that it ain't nothing positive unless it's his birthday or unless it's the anniversary. And that is, oh my gosh. But yeah, like you were asking me something else though, because I feel like I'm getting a bit off track. <laughs> okay, so what I was asking was um, so leading into what happened, is it? common for that's yeah i was actually going to ask that is it common for this to happen to jungian a lot because um like i mentioned before i've seen this three times already in the span of a year with with the um the deaths of silly and hara and then the third time with um the situation with Yoongi having the Jim Jones track on his mixtape. I've seen fans kind of re- recenter it back to their, not recenter, but like somehow make it about their fave. They'll mention yeah. Junghyun and then they'll say, I don't want, like taking the words directly from. Um, an army. She was like, "I don't want this to happen to um, Yungi, like what oh. happened to Jung Yun." And I was like, you "Don't want me to start on that." <laughs> I was like, "How does that yeah. make sense?" 
that's so insensitive. One, two, like, why does everything have to be about your fave? And then, so that's the first one. That's the first question. So, like, is this something that yeah. happens a lot with him? Like, and why well, do you think me, it happens? Okay. So, for me, I'm still a relatively young Sharol. I've only been a Sharol since May 2018 with the story of Late Comeback. So, I will say full disclosure, there's probably a lot more that I don't know about. But for me, I have witnessed it more often than you have. I guess mm-hmm. because I'm on that side of Twitter. So I'm going to speak about it from a couple different perspectives. So maybe I should start with how the media, especially Western media, the way they talk about K-pop and the way they talk about him. So mm-hmm. he passed, oh, and we have to definitely, definitely put a trigger warning on this because this is some heavy stuff. Yes, um, trigger warning so, for listeners. So Jungin passed in December 27th. And from the time that he passed, like there was there was no privacy. The Korean media, I can't remember which one it was, if it was all K-pop or Korea Booth. There the, the it was it was just straight up malicious because what, what they did is that they gave people a false sense of or I think it was OMS actually. They gave people a false sense of safety and security because they the way they were reporting on it, they tried to make it seem as though he was still alive at the time so even in death that even when it had just happened he was disrespected so beyond that what the western media did is that they took they took his passing and used it as an excuse to basically shit on the entire k-pop industry and reduce it to mm-hmm. mismanagement and mistreatment and overworking and all that and overworking and that kind of stuff all things which are, mind you, present in the Western music industry as well. But because they see K-pop as this manufactured monolith, because they bring their xenophobic perspectives of, 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 of Korean culture and the way the K-pop industry works, is that they could not see him as an artist. They only saw him as an excuse to say, oh my gosh, K-pop bad. Why do they all stand K-pop if this is the way the companies treat the artists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it from the media's perspective. I thought that's something that the media still tends to do quite a bit. Like even recently, there was I think it was the last Super M concert. They had an interview prior to that concert, and the reporter was asking all kind of questions. They come to Timmy. Timmy is also in Shiny. Timmy is basically Jung's little brother that like he yeah. raised up with Jung. And mm-hmm. they ask him of all the questions that they can ask him. They ask him how he dealt with losing his member. I'm just like, oh, wow. You can't ask Poor him time. about his. You can't Poor ask time. him about his artistry. You can't ask him about like how how it has it been like promoting without shiny. If he misses his members and stuff, like where do you have to center it around the loss? And they actually made a thread about it. I'm just gonna read so I don't misquote myself. Mm-hmm. So I said. I know I joke about Tim a lot, but that man has worked so hard and he loves even harder. And he and the rest of Shiny deserve better than to the go than to be the go to scoop for oh my gosh. Than to be the go to for a scoop on the negative side of the K pop industry. It's not fair to them and it's not fair to John. I just hate that people keep reducing Shiny to the way John passed and I'm especially worried about Tim because right now he's pretty much on his own outside of his other friends. 
no one quite feels the grief the way the, the shiny boys would. And it can't be easy having that constantly thrown in their face. So I agree. Like, so it was it like I don't know. Like things he passed, it feels like you don't get to quite grieve because that grief is weaponized a lot. And you don't get to feel fully, like you don't get to appreciate him as any more than a tragedy because that's all a lot of Stantler sees him as. And it is frustrating. I'm gonna, all right, so that, that would be kind of the media's perspective. So they needed to talk about that article. That's what I'm arguing. I was pissed. I was very, very, very annoyed. Um, so the other perspective, no, how would I see it? Okay, so nonchalants have this habit of, oh my gosh, RIP, I miss him. You ever see a, a YouTube comment section on a shiny video or a Jungian video? Because, mm-hmm. my, like, would I, uh, would I watch, can't even spell um, his name. would I watch the, um, the SNL skit? episode mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of oh my goodness I miss him oh my goodness I miss him and I noticed since you told me about you know why isn't anyone talking about how awesome of a performer or a singer or a dancer he was or how funny he was because that's how, it was hilarious it was hilarious <laughs> it was so hilarious the whole thing like I think my favorite one was when he was um, trying to seduce the rich. He kept trying to seduce the ladies. And he put the, <laughs> he put the wine, he threw the wine on her. <laughs> and that was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. It was hilarious. But I kept seeing people in the comments remind me of that, that he was dead. And I'm like, I remember yeah. your words. You were like, he was, he was more than just someone who took his own life he was you know a friend he was a um awesome singer he was he he loved his work and that made me think about suicide in general how after someone we find out someone commits suicide we kind of have this this black and white view of like okay they lived and then oh you know they they killed themselves so they're obviously we don't need to remember them anymore and your view made me think you know maybe I need to think about this and why is it that American like western media we always see it as okay to promote like that's how that's how I learned about Jungkook like that after he committed yeah. suicide and it stuck with me until I had the conversation with you and I was mm-hmm. like I actually didn't even want to get into shiny because of learning about that about him and yeah. I was like wow that's not even like a valid reason because well now it's not at the time because it triggered me it was but now I'm like that's not even a, a really good reason because he was a human before he committed suicide. He was obviously going through a lot. He was going through a lot and he saw that as the only way. And I can't, you know, think of him as 
someone that doesn't deserve to, you know, be seen as a as as a person just because he decided to kill himself. He decided to take his life. So that's what that made me think about. And um, yeah. were you finished with so, your? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So I wanted to talk. You talked about like three specific events. So you would have talked about um what happened with Sili and Gohara. And yeah. I just want to give you a little context of where I was at. Like the reason the reason why I get so annoyed and so passionate when it comes to Jung and being reduced to tragic point is because I got into knowing him after his passing. Like I got into knowing him because I went exploring who Shiny was. I wanted to know. Like this this boy is so loved. Because I ended I then I got into Shiny maybe through Minho watching Halang. But also to entertainment as well. So like, I was like, you know what? Let me know who Shiny is as people and that kind of stuff. Because I fell in love with music. So I wanted to find out who they were as people. And like, when I went and I did my own exploring, I realized like, he was kind. He was talented. He was so like immersed in his work. He was so connected. Like, the, like when I think about it, like he understood people in a very interesting way. Like he... He like he was very supportive. He held himself accountable, which is something that a lot of people don't do nowadays. Like he was always willing and open to learn. Like you would never think that and, and the thing is he was very honest and very transparent. He didn't hide his struggles with like his mental health and that stuff. He was very open about it. Like he mm-hmm. allowed himself to be vulnerable. And that's something that's something that a lot of celebrities don't do these days. He was just very sincere, very genuine. He was also a big, big goof. Like he was hilarious, <laughs> and like he had an amazing sense of humor. His musicianship, his artistry was like something else. So I'm still getting into his discography. I'm still getting into his solo work. And, like nothing has left me unimpressed because he just—he was just an amazing all-rounder, and like he was an amazing performer too. And then like, when I look at Shiny's Bond, like their brotherhood is something else they loved each other so purely so so unapologetically like they understood each other and like their bond like seeing their bond in action is amazing and it was amazing and like because i had the chance to do that for myself instead of stan twitter reducing him to charge the porn and me like just having that be my own perception of him like getting the chance to actually go and explore who he was made me like love him so much more that's why he's so precious to me right now and I had a conversation with my mom once and like I talked about him a lot and when it was done she was basically saying that she's grateful that he was able to like help people and change their lives for their for the better in some way especially if you ever heard of Blue Knight which is the radio show he did for about three years I've never Um, heard of that it's good. Like, I'm still watching some of the episodes and that kind of stuff, but like, it would be really cool. And like he was just, just really kind-hearted and just a really wonderful person, a really goofy person. I, I really love him a lot, honestly. And that's <laughs> why he's reduced to just the guy who David suicide, the guy who killed himself. I just say, hello, hello, hello. He was more than that. Like, there's more to him than the way his life ended. 
And mm-hmm. what Sankula tends to do is that they run with tragedies. Because when Sule passed, I remember exactly where I was when I found out. I found out it was October 14th. And last year, I found out, and I was on my way to school because I got to school early. And I opened my laptop because I was just checking what was going on since I was the only one in the classroom. And mm-hmm. I saw the news. I said, no, 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 Not again. So my right. first thought, like, because it, it, was, it was sad. Like, that, that, that day was sad. But there was also this niggling fear. Are people going to link Jung into this? Because he and Sully were friends. And like, are, are people going to link him to this? Are people going to do this? And in a split second, they had his name trending. I was like, even when the girl just passed away, y'all can't even give her the respect of honoring mm-hmm. her memory, honoring her legacy. When you have to drag up Jung Jonah hasn't been gone since 2017. We're not saying to forget he existed or to forget that like, he passed away. So, but he has nothing to do with today. Like y'all could not even give Sully the basic respect of you know letting her rest, letting the day be about her without getting Jonah's name trending and triggering showers who already get triggered when this kind of stuff happens. Because mm-hmm. every time there's a passage or we lose somebody, is a widespread notice, get off the TL, because you know exactly what's going to happen. People are going to make this about Jungian. People are going to make this about the negative side of the people industry, and they're going to have his name trending, and it's not going to be for the right reasons, because it's never for the right reasons. So, it, mm-hmm. it, so that, 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 that is exactly what happened. Like, that day, I got triggered so badly. Like, I, I bawled the whole day. Like, I didn't even know who Sleep was. I only knew that she was from FX, but I didn't yeah. even know who she but because I was like you felt empathetic because if you've never lost somebody you admire in that kind of way like you don't really understand it so because we did lose somebody I think Charles sympathized a lot but we also had to stay off the tail a lot because people were basically doing that thing that they do every time somebody passes and producing it to John even when it has nothing to do with it and the same thing happened with Guhara as well and those two incidents happened not that far apart. So it was like back to back triggering. Right. I remember back that. Yeah. And okay. Even so that, even, um, even non K pop yeah, fans knew about it. Even because I remember my uncle coming home and he was like, Did you hear um that a K pop a K pop uh K pop person killed herself? And I was like, Yeah, I heard about it. So even even local people knew about it. And, yeah. And it kind of um, made me think, because I was already triggered because of suicide in general. And mm-hmm. I, I talked to my aunt about it. And um, I knew Sully was, I knew she was very vocal about her being harassed and bullied on tw- um, Instagram. And, yeah. um, then I think it was some months after that that she she passed, and um, for the other girl, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but um, I think it's uh, it's Guhara, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay, Guhara. Um, I knew she was from the group. I think it's K A R A. I think that's the group she was from. Was it K 
Kara or Kiara? I think it's Kara. I'm not sure. I remember reading something like that. Let's see. Let's see. She was from Kara. Yes, Kara. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And um, I knew that her and Silly were friends. And they were also friends with Rihanna Ayu. Because we got to get into the Ayu thing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you mentioning that in, uh, when you talked to me, too, because you said that there were some fans who were saying that... Um, um, the imagery in the music song? video. What's the name of the song, though? See, I, re- I forgot Eight. the name of the song. Eight. It's called yeah. Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah, they were saying that Eight was about um, Silly and Junghyun and, and Guhar, and you were like, they... She told them what the song was about, and they're exactly. still connecting it. She gave an explanation, and that 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 was so annoying too that you disrespected her own explanation of her song, so that you could <laughs> be on this tragedy porn agenda. I'm just like, what's wrong with y'all? And of course, it was the majority Little Sevens because the song featured featured you and it was produced by you. So right. I was just like, here we go again with Little Seven's potent nonsense that they don't know anything about. Did you know any of these artists beyond the fact that they died by suicide? Did you know anything about their artistry? Did you know about anything about their friendship with Ayu? Did you know anything about Ayu before she collabed with Yungi? Like, <laughs> like where are you supposed to all of this from? They were coming from a place of serious ignorance and being insensitive and triggering people for no reason. Oh my god. It, it, it was, was crazy. Cr- cr- <laughs> I did it not so see any of that on my TL. Thank the Lord, I did not see any of that on my TL. Um, but but like I, obviously, if if it's any searches, that's what you see. And then like if you you what you got them trending for? Like you don't respect them be, be, beyond the way they died. Like where where do you have to wear their names in your explain for fifty mark? To to me, I think it's. It's it's probably like performative action. Yeah, because you don't care. Yeah, like you and you want to run barriers for mental health for a week after it happens, and then you go back to shitting on people. So it's like, how have right. you? Do you really right. care? There's no like inner reflection, like, cause it. No. I know it's hard to do, but there's no inner reflection. Like it's like, okay, let me appear like I care about this. Yeah. Let me appear like I, you know, know more than I do instead of being honest and saying, I don't know anything about them besides their suicide. Maybe I should learn about them, you know. And or just not speak. Yeah, or be quiet. Silence is free. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then... uh. So basically, yeah. So basically, like, I can get to the the Jim Jones Brigade thing now, but oh. there's 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 something I want to touch on now. Mm-hmm. And it's like in my personal experience as a shower, and for for me, I feel like sometimes I don't get the room to to grieve because when I don't reduce him to his passing at all, because he's too funny for me, honestly, like, he means too much for me, for me to reduce him to his passing, but 
like for me sometimes in the moments where I do miss him, in the moments where like the loss hits particularly hard, like the other day, um, there was a restreaming of Shiny World Five, which was like, a concert. It's still on YouTube, by the way, go watch it when you're done. Mm, and okay. like it was it was an amazing concert. Honestly, it was really, really good and it was OT five and it was so immersive that to a particular point like, it actually forgot that he was gone for like a quick second because it was so it was so good it felt so real it felt so like oh my gosh the energy everything that was there like I actually forgot and like when it was done like the come down was the come down was something else because it hit me like it hit me again that he was not there that he's not with us physically anymore so for me when people reduce him to his passing people who actually like genuinely care about who he was and that he actually meant something to beyond tragedy porn that you don't give them the room to feel validated when they do miss him like you don't give them the room to feel like they actually can miss him because if you say oh my gosh i miss him it like what you get is a lot of flair from Shawals because Shawals like, are you a real Shawal? Like, where are you here? Like, where are you keeping this noise? And like, you don't know if somebody's a real Shawal or not because everybody that says they miss him gets caught up in this whole bag of people who don't actually care anything about who he was. You get me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you're saying that like people that yeah. keep expressing how much they miss him. Like Shaos can notice, okay, this person doesn't really know who he is because they only see him who he yeah. like who he was in his like through his death. Like they don't see him yeah. as you know a member of Shiny. They see him as yeah. just they don't see a him as an individual as a person. But he had a whole life. He had a whole life. Oh my gosh. Like, why do you get to reduce everything he did and everything he achieved and accomplished to the fact that he's no longer here? Like, do better. Leave him alone. Ugh. So, yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that as well because Shawals do have some internal work to do as well because there is some semblance of gatekeeping because I was a Shawal after the passing. Like, older Shawals tend to have this tendency of, like, doubting the sincerity of newer Shawals because of that same thing that I'm talking about. So, like, they, we do have our own issues to sort out, and I will not hide that. But, yeah. But I want to get into the Jim Jones Brigade. So, like, when you ready, because I'm ready. I'm very ready to talk about it. <laughs> okay, yes. I, I am ready as well. Because <laughs> this thing, like, it's still going on. And, like, the whole seven side of it, like, gets me so wound up. So, yes, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. So, so I, you, your last podcast episode actually on this whole thing, and you actually touched on the performative activism and the way how the whole sample was received and how there was a lot of silencing going on and all of that, all mm-hmm. of which I witnessed on my timeline as well. And it made me question... Like, for a second, I felt like maybe I should actually leave Stan Twitter because that's not the first time that I felt like my blackness was put on the back burner for a South Korean man that don't know nothing about me and don't care nothing about me. Mm-hmm. So, 
like that that was not the first time that I felt like that, but it it did a special kind of damage because I saw so many people rally to defend Yungi and defend what Yungi did because there's no way there's no way that somebody who brags so much about being hands on with his music like I I think that whole thing with the producer was an excuse I stand by that oh, yes yeah. <laughs> um, I think I think he should have apologized directly so it felt like a slap in the face mm-hmm. as well I felt like the the apology was reactionary because that was out for over a year because if you had evidence of it being worked on in 2019, like, hold on, where are you coming with this excuse? So, yeah, like I heard, that. I I actually uh, went back and I searched um, Yungi Jim Jones, and I went so far back to, I went to 2019, and there was people, there were still tweets up of people saying, oh my goodness, he's a genius, he has Jim Jones in the song. And I was like, wait, so there's people that knew about this and yeah. I basically buried it. What's going on? Like the outrage is now like a week after the mixtape comes out. But there's people that were praising him for doing that. So yeah. I was like I was like, first of all, what's going on with some of these armies mindsets where they're okay with and they were saying genius. Right. And then the other thing that got me was they were coming up with all these excuses and these blatant lies. They were you like... You have to do an episode on that alone. Trust me. Because, oh I'm still not done talking about it. Like, I, I, I'm still not done talking about it. Like, I've written a a blog post about it. I've done like I've talked about it in a few of my like podcast episodes, but it still gets on my nerves because the next thing you hear is, "Oh, he was, you know, Jim Jones was anti South Korean." Where's the evidence of that? Oh, sorry, some nonsense to try to something that should not have happened. Right. Oh my god. You also y'all not get tired talking nonsense. They don't when it comes to defending their their boys. They don't. And then also you hear, um, well, let me tell you, they, they're deflecting now. Let me tell you, mm-hmm. there's other Black artists that have done this before. One, they're not Korean. They're, we're not even talking about them. We're talking about Yoongi, okay? Two, they're still, if they have a, a serial killer sampling a serial killer in their song that's still that, that's not something to like you know pass that, off that's a little weird too and, yeah <laughs> so like the way sampling works it tends to be like a critique of whatever you're sampling or right you at least reference it like what do you think has nothing to do he was talking was about sampled. that car so that was just really unnecessary he was talking about his black card. He was talking about how much money he got. He was talking about how better he is than everybody else. And he wasn't talking nothing about. He wasn't critiquing Jim Jones. He wasn't critiquing anything like that. So I was just like, y'all, y'all, y'all just looking for any excuse to get. But my favorite like, one. Directing it, directing it back the whole Jung Young got dragged into this because the uh-huh. story is always told on God's green earth that Jung Young got dragged into this. 
So that that he what you said? You said that he what? How he what? Uh, you know what? I don't understand what. I was saying. Um, <laughs> I couldn't hear um, the last thing you said about Junkie because oh. you said he um, that he's something, and I couldn't hear that part. And I was saying yeah. that. I asked, I asked. I said the question that always comes up when you see Junkie's name trending or there is like, how did he get dragged into this? So how he got dragged mm-hmm. into this is what I'm about to explain. So Yungi is another artist that has been fairly transparent about his mental health. Like if you listen to his first mixtape, August D, and yeah. like you just hear him talk about his music in general and what he puts into it. He's been always very transparent about it. Mm-hmm. And he struggled a lot in his earlier years. With things like depression and the way he saw himself and that kind of stuff. All of mm-hmm. which is valid but the little sevens weaponized that in that period of time when he was being asked to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Like instead of holding him accountable, people tried to use his mental health as an excuse to justify why people should not be calling him out for something that was sensitive, something that was very racist, for something that was very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So everyone was like, oh my gosh, y'all don't, want, y'all, y'all don't know what is happening. Um, y'all don't know what's going on with his mental health. Y'all want to drape into the point where he commits suicide. Don't y'all remember Jungin? I was just like, y'all cannot <gasps> be serious. Did I you see more than Did you see more than one tweet about that? Because I saw one. Yes, yes I did, and it, it 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 was ridiculous. I was like, first of all, why are y'all trivializing Jungin's suicide? Why are y'all trivializing suicide in general? And why are y'all using mental health and mental illness as an excuse to justify not holding somebody accountable? Why are you so willing to keep for your fave somebody that does not know who you exist? Why are you so willing to defend them so heavily and so strongly? People that you don't know exist, you know. They don't pay your bills. They don't feed you. They don't do any of this. Why right. are you willing to go so hard that you are going to disrespect somebody else's death, that you are going to trivialize mental illness, something that many people deal with, and use that as an excuse for doing foolishness. Because what you're basically saying to mentally ill people, to people who deal with depression, to people who deal with anxiety, to people who deal with all of these things, is that, oh, you are dangerous. Oh, you have an excuse, you have a license to do nonsense because your head is messed up. That is what you are saying when you say mm-hmm. things like that. So, so I, I, I had to, I, I went off. I was like, y'all will not use Jungyun's name and what happened to him to defend Yoongi. That y'all need to be able to hold your faves accountable. They like, hold accountability does not mean attacking. And that, 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 that was what was so annoying. And you know what made it worse is the fact that Jungyun was somebody who held himself accountable. He held himself accountable. And when he needed to be educated, he would seek to be educated and he would apologize. So that's what made it worse. That what that's what made it be like a serious, serious slap in the face. Because I was like, he ain't got nothing to do with nothing. And then all of a sudden, Shawal Twitter has to go into hiding again, go up into your mother kind of stuff. Because his name is trending, ain't got nothing to do with him, and it's being used as an excuse to be anti-black. And for me, as a black Shawal, mm-hmm. oh, like when I think about it, I get so sick. Because not only are you disrespecting the legacy of somebody who means something to me, 
you are looking for a justification to be anti-black. You are looking for a justification to 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 to, to excuse the things that your faith is doing because you can't ever fathom that blackness, that humanity should come before standing culture. And you are telling me mm-hmm. as a black person that I'm not worthy of an apology, that I'm not worthy of an explanation because, oh my gosh, my opa can do no wrong. Like that, 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 Thank that you. is what saints me. Because at the end of the day, before I am a shower, before I am an army, before I am a K-pop fan, I am black. Like the color of my skin is not going to change. And the way people see me because of the color of my skin is not going to change. So when you disrespect me like that, and when you use somebody that I care about, somebody that made a difference to so many lives, and you come and use that to excuse your faith doing nonsense, I got issues with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, it was a, it's a, it's a hot mess. It, it really is. It's it's terrible. It's he's, terrible. He's not here to be weaponized like that, man. Like have some respect. Like for somebody who passed who passed in twenty seventeen, somebody who's been gone for almost three years. Y'all don't let that boy rest. Like the boy just painting pictures in the sky and you know being all bright as the moon and all that kind of stuff. That's all he's doing. Leave him alone. I think, alone. I think that's so cute. I really do, because I see you on TL and you're like, buddy's out tonight. And I, I actually was, um, I was out yesterday and I looked at the moon and I thought about your tweet, how you always see him as the moon. <laughs> and I was like, I need to tell her that. <laughs> yeah, because it helps keep his memory, honestly. I thought it was so cute. And I was like, oh. And I thought I was like, oh, he looks really nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh but, yeah, I found I found one of the receipts for the one of the things that I was still talking about with the anti-blackness. I was this person said, I this black lives matter is annoying me the F word out. People only remember to sympathize when something happens, and there's so much there's too much fake sympathy for publicity. Remember Jong Yen, outcries for mental health for a few months and then forgotten. That is what they said. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. Can you read that again? Because I feel like I heard like three different things. They said, then- All right, this Black Lives Matter is annoying me. The F word out. People only remember to sympathize when something happens and there's too much fake sympathy for publicity. Remember Jong Yun? Oh, craze for mental health for a few months then forgotten. Okay. So... Like, I took the point to an extent, right? But do not ever drag him up in what that did kind he of have rhetoric. To do with that? Why did exactly. they... Exactly. What did he have to do with that? Exactly. Who wrote that? Was was a did a seven write that or did another K-pop? The, the, fan? You can't identify what fandom they're from. Okay, that doesn't. I don't understand what he had to do with that. Like, how did they tie Jung Hyun with the Black Lives Matter thing? That I guess they were saying that a lot of the outrage is formative, which is a valid point. But I don't yeah, think right about that. that you that you needed to drag Jung Hyun into it. And that, that was what was disrespectful because, like, 
what what are you saying to people who cared about him, people who still do advocate about mental health because of his passing and in light of his passing? So it was like it was probably like, you 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 belittling that though. Like you're belittling that and don't belittle people. Wow. So that that was really disrespectful. And that, that sent me off. I mean a lot of things sent me off, but that sent me off seriously. Wow. Yeah. See, I didn't I didn't know that like showers have to go through dealing with that almost every All time something happens in the K pop yep. world. Every time. Like every time, like um I don't know if you guys experienced anything with um, the recent passing of um, a K-pop idol. You mean um, Johan from TSC? Yes. Yes. Yeah, we had to we had to tell her like we had to do a lot of damage control in terms of like telling people to stay off the timeline because it can be very triggering to see. I saw so we that. We had to tell people to stay off the TL, like protect your head, protect was. Like don't don't let this trigger you. So like don't tweet about it, or if you tweet about it, use trigger warnings, that kind of stuff. So like the daily experience for showers sometimes is a whole bunch of trigger warning. December eighteenth, like mm-hmm. that like that that's how that how it that's how it gets to the point. Like sometimes it's not even safe to be on Twitter. And if you are a non-shower, this is a call for y'all. If y'all tweet them with certain things, and y'all know they are potentially triggered, please, please, please trigger one your tweets because it is not easy when you go, are you going to search for something? Like this morning so when I got up, I was like, I was looking for a thread that I wanted to read on this podcast. So I typed in his name so I could find it again. And the first thing that comes up is Jonghyun Funeral. I'm just like Wow. <sighs> hmm. So it's like every time you go to look, it's like what what am I gonna find this time? Is this even ever going to be positive? I find that there are only like two days where it's like fully positive, and those are his birthday and the anniversary of the day that he passed. Because I actually um yeah, I just I just googled him, just typed in his name, and already I see articles about his death, and then I see. I don't see it, and I see videos of his funeral, and I exactly. I don't see anything about you know his music. I don't see anything about him being in Chinese. It's all overshadowed by his suicide, his death. Exactly, and that that can be very very triggering. Like imagine imagine this is somebody who means a lot to you, and. You want to go to explore, or imagine you're a new shower or whatever. So I like you type in his name, and that's all you see. Like that, that is the very, very difficult part of it. Sometimes it's very, very difficult to deal with that. Sometimes because, like, can I not just like celebrate him for the life that he had? Why does everything about him have to be reduced to sadness and death and being gone? Like, he was still a person. He still existed. Like, don't forget that he existed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's, it's sad sometimes. You said don't it's worry, sad. I'm not crying. I'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> you said it's sad. What was that last word you said? 
I said it's it's draining. It's exhausting. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. I feel like he was too much of a person, and he lived too much of a life to have it be reduced to his death. That that's just how I see it. And I feel like we need to have serious conversations about how we view death, how we mm-hmm. view dead, how we value people, and how how willing we are to like like as a family community, like how how we view the people that we stand. Because some people would argue, oh, he didn't know who you were. Oh, he didn't care anything about you directly. And that may be true, but like when you think about it, like where do you even stand people? Because something about their personality drew you in, something about who they are as people drew you in. Mm-hmm. And like that's okay. And I think we need to have conversations about respect for one another, respect for the deceased, respect for situations and being sensitive and having and having empathy and having basic respect for other people and the things that matter to other people. Because a lot of stuff boils down to a lack of sensitivity. A lot of a lot of the ways Sanfuder treats Jungin and treats people like Sumi and Guhara and Johan and everybody who passes through the industry and may be dealing with things like this. Like how how do we treat them? What lessons do we learn from the from the passings and the losses and that kind of stuff? Or do we just reduce them to tragic porn or do we do we learn about speaking up? Do we learn about being transparent with ourselves? Do we learn about seeking help when we can't seek help? Like, like do we mm-hmm. learn anything from it or do we just reduce them to, oh my gosh, the K-pop industry has issues, people kill themselves. Like, for me, that's like, what, what do we learn going forward from things like this? That's a really good point because um, the only reason I was able to have the conversation I had with you in the beginning when I when I think I first joined Twitter and we um we talked about Jung-hyun a little bit was mm-hmm. because I had a personal death in my family and um the person was very close to me and I mentioned it here before it was my mom and mm-hmm. um I had to learn and deal with her being gone and it was it was really hard in the beginning but as um and I was mad at first, I was upset at first, and I, I learned that the way you deal with death, it's not like black and white. Like there's no way, there's no bad way. Like it's very complex. And a lot of people, what I learned about myself and what a lot of people like to do is when it comes to suicide, they like to um kind of forget the person existed they kind of you know see the person as bad see the person as um damaged right like like since you you know decide to take your own life then you know you're not a person you know yeah and um people that are detached i'm pretty sure his sister and his mom and his dad didn't see him like that at all at all like they probably um I'm pretty sure they do like they still talk about him 
they're still going through, you know, seasons when they miss him and when they want to talk to him. And um, mm-hmm. that makes me think of how in um, how my generation, how we view death and like, are we honest about when we feel certain ways? Are we honest about how we talk about death? And um, I remember when I was, when there was a situation at my school with one of the kids and my, I talked to my aunt about it and she was like, you know, he pretty much was going through some things and he saw that as the only way out. Cause it was a, it was a, a guy as well that took his life. And that made me think, you know, suicide is very serious and um, it's, it's, it's not easy living with depression. It's not, it's, it's really hard because um, you're hearing people say all these great things about you and you don't believe it. You don't believe it one bit. And um, I, I, I identified with Jung-Hyun in that area. I'm pretty sure, you know, he had, like, I heard he had that problem for a long time. And yeah, he was very open about it, too. Right. Like, he was, like, you, you told me that, too. He was very open about it, and he talked about it in his music. And um, what broke my heart was in one of the letters I wrote, and he, I read, and he said that the doctors blamed him for having the mm-hmm. depression blamed him and said that it was just how he was created. It was just how his brain was or something like that. And he he looked for help. He looked for help and he did not receive the help that he should have gotten. Which yeah. hurt me a lot. It, it really, it still does. Because he, he didn't want to stay the way he was. And in the end, that's how he saw a relief. And as as K-pop fans and as people in general, I think we need to, um, I know I, I'm doing it where I'm thinking about what is it that, like, I could do to be honest about where my mental health is and be honest about the things that I'm doing that's affecting people because the internet is cr- terrible at yep. considering other people. <laughs> terrible. Like, you have people, like, I can speak on the whole Yungi situation alone. There was people doxxed. There was people um, suspended. Ridiculous. Huh? It was ridiculous. It was. It was. I follow a girl who um, is still being threatened with stuff to this day. And she actually ended up leaving the account. And she was one of my favorite people. But because of the death threats she was getting and the racist comments, people don't think about how their words affect other people. And I don't know if maybe Junghyun was getting... Um, I'm pretty sure all idols do. They get harassed really bad. Yeah. And sometimes um, what goes on in your own head, sometimes the voices in your own head are a bit louder than they should be. Right. That's very true. It really has to be external sometimes. Like, 
what goes on inside your head just could be that thing that pushes you over the edge. Right. And then there's also external people too, probably, that's mm-hmm. saying things about you. And that conversation, like going back to what I was saying before, that conversation made me think about how do I view death? You know, do I just think that the person has been erased, you know, from everything when they die? You know, do I think it's okay to re- to remember someone and talk about them? And I that that's what made me want to write about Jungkook in the first place because I wanted to get to know who he was and. Um, the best way for me to do that is to research about him and look him up <laughs> and then talk to <laughs> people that like him and are fans of Shiny. And so that really opened my eyes. And that's what made me so upset when I saw the Spotify thing, because you there was no respect. It was highly insensitive. And it was just so rude. It it really was. Because he was he was more than just someone like you said that took his own life. He was a person. He was a a living being who went through a lot of things. But he was he was a brother. He was a son. And people seem to forget that. They they really do. He was just a really cool human. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I I do. I really believe you. So yeah, this was heavy, but it needed to come out. <laughs> I think it did. I really do. Yeah. I I think um. Conversations need to be had like this because it's so easy to get wrapped up in like um, it's so easy to get wrapped up in the excitement of like K-pop and things like that. And it's so easy to be insensitive. But I think we need to think about things like this. And then um, right like we need to go back to thinking about, because this made me think about my own mental health and where I am mentally and things like that. Like, so I think this was a really good conversation. <laughs> yeah. It was good for me too, because I had a lot bottled up that I wanted to say, and tweeting doesn't always bring out everything as, you know. That is very true. I've learned that that I have to have different avenues of expressing how I feel and writing helps and then also talking helps. Yeah. So I'm like so I'm glad you were able to get out. Did you get out everything that you wanted to say? Or was I think I some- did because this isn't something that I hold my mouth to But I really just want to say that anybody who's like interested in Spanish and me, but is like on the fence, that it's it's absolutely worth it. Like the boys are very, very talented and there's so much good music, there's so much good content out there just waiting for you to come grab it. 
come join Shiny World. Yes, this is my shameless plug for you to stand my baby. <laughs> and yeah. But it is don't don't let Sanfeder turn you into something that you know that you are not. Like don't don't let Sanfeder catch you up in this behavior of, you know, not acknowledging people as human. Jonghyun was human. He was a person, a very cool person, and you will not regret getting to know him. Oh, and we have painting dates when he comes up and he lights up the sky, like the full moon is out, so you can come say hi, we can have a new light picnic, or show it not supposed to be a picnic, racist history. But, yeah, come spend time with us, come have painting dates with us when he paints up the sky and lights up the sky. Yes! <laughs> he does a good job, too. <laughs> yes, he does. The sky is always pretty when he's out. So, yeah. <laughs> Just see him as a person and you get to go. Mm, okay. That was really good. That was <laughs> a really good point. I'm definitely excited to write about him now. <laughs> <laughs> I started a little bit and like I'm really excited to write about him now. Like getting to know who he was and then well who he is and who he was and then learning about him and watching videos about him I'm very excited to learn about him mm-hmm. and seeing the type of guy he was he he looked like he was very hilarious and he was, he just, he was seriously he was really funny like his sense of humor was incredible but what I will say is to watch Blue Night you can also check out um his music as well She Is is a really good album Poet Artist was the last one um, that was a posthumous. That was a posthumous one, right? Yes. Okay, I remember that. Um, on the, um... Yeah, and like, you can just like check out Shiny in general because that's when you get to know him best when he's in his element. So yeah, like feel free to like, and if you have questions, ask me anything. Like. Well, I'm still I'm still a very young shower. I'm still a baby shower. But yeah, Jonghyun is my buddy. I call him buddy a lot. So yeah, <laughs> if you have questions, I'm here. Of course, of course. I feel like you're very open to answering questions, so I don't mind coming to you at <laughs> yeah. all. I'm bound I to have a to lot. Thank you for having me too and for being so open-minded because like, when you message me, you ask me about Jonghyun the first time, like, like you, you were open to learn. You were willing to like alter your perspective to him and like mature in the way you saw him and the way you saw death and that kind of stuff. And I think that was very open minded of you because we don't get open mindedness a lot on Sanfuda. So I'm oh, very, yeah. very grateful that you were really open to approaching me and asking a question about something that I could have blown up about. So yeah, <laughs> you're I really very welcome. You having this conversation. You're very welcome. I I I've been learning uh personally about compassion a lot and I've been learning that the world is not um there's there's no right or wrong way to live life and um there's something sometimes things happen where people don't see you know because it's hard to see value in yourself, especially as crazy as the world gets. And 
just because someone like Jung-hyun, even though he, you know, ended up taking his own life, there's he doesn't deserve to be, you know, seen as a throwaway because of that. And I was changing my own view on um, death in general because I think earlier earlier this year I had another death and it took me by surprise like total shock like still don't know what happened and she was young and she re- I looked I re- she I kind of looked up to her because she was just like me a little bit mm-hmm. and um it made me I think it softened my heart in a way to to realize that life is not peaches and cream and rainbows and butterflies it's it's hard and yeah people make decisions sometimes and um it they hurt other people and his decision it did hurt people because i'm i'm pretty sure there was a lot of people that saw him as this strong and he was he was very loved he was as a role model yeah he was he he was and um, this, the conversation I had with you taught me that people don't just disappear after death. If that was the case, yeah. then we wouldn't have Michael Jackson still blowing up. We wouldn't have mm-hmm. Mac Miller still blowing up. We wouldn't have um, Tupac still blowing Whitney up. Houston. Whitney Houston, Mad- uh, Marilyn Monroe. If that was the case, then... If people disappeared after that, history would not be a thing, essentially. Right. <laughs> and the most important thing I learned about people is that um, we make, like, it's like when someone's alive, they um, they don't just disappear after they die. Because yeah. every single person that they meet, they touch them in a way. Like I work with kids and they're only like three months old. Some of them are like two months, three months old, but they mm-hmm. still touch my life in a way, even though they've only been alive mm-hmm. for three months. Their little personal individualism has touched my life in a way. And everybody has their own individual mark. And that's that's what I want to see about Jungkook. What was his individual mark? Because he's not just, you know, a memory now. Well, he he's not just a memory now. That's not all he is. He's a human being, and he he's not just someone that killed himself. He's not. That's not what he is. He deserves to be seen as, you know, someone that was an artist before he passed away. He was someone that loved music because mm-hmm. and, and and he had a beautiful voice. He has a beautiful voice. I heard um, I think I heard him singing on um, SNL in the beginning. <laughs> he has a <laughs> beautiful voice. So I'm going to listen to some of his um, his work, of course. Because I I need to know what I'm uh, what I write about him, so I'm excited to do that too. Because 
he has a beautiful voice and I thought he was so handsome. He's still very <laughs> like I told my friend because uh I think I listened to the SNL episode last year for the first time and I was like, he's my bias. But <laughs> <laughs> I get into Tiny, he's he's my bias. Like I, I could see it. So so I've been <laughs> I've been into him for a long time. I've been watching him for a long time. <laughs> Very lovable. <laughs> but yes, yes. Is there, okay, so I want you to know that I put all of your, um, your I put your unapologetically um, unsophisticated, I put all of those in the... You put it in the... <laughs> <laughs> I I plugged in all of it. Like I put your Instagram, your YouTube. I found your YouTube, and I put your Twitter account, your Stan Twitter account. I put it in um in the description. So if listeners want to go talk to you and follow you and get a feel for you, I put it in there. So, <laughs> so is there anything that you would like to say? Um as we end the episode, because I think it is, I think I've gotten everything out that I wanted to say, and then I think you did as well. Am I right or am I wrong? Was there something else? Yeah, I, I basically just, uh, I would just reiterate your point about compassion and empathy and like learning yourself and then having this time to their experience and like having these kind of conversations so that you could do a little more self-discovery. Cause I think when you start discovering yourself and you start knowing yourself, you can be more empathetic towards other people. You can be more sensitive. You can be more knowledgeable before you speak, before you tweet. So I think, I think that's the biggest lesson from all of this. Um, sound shiny. And yeah, that that's, that's basically it from me. Just, just let these things be a lesson and, to non-showers, think a lot about how 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 you view Jungian. Like, do you view him as a tragedy or do you see him as a person? Mm-hmm. Do you, and do you like think about think about like this this whole episode today was like a whole rant for me, but I really <laughs> wanted to think about how we see how we see people and how we value people. So yeah, just 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 be decent humans. I beg of thee. <laughs> And the next time I see Jonghyun's name trending, let it be for something positive. Please. Because he was much more than people like to reduce him to. So yeah, before I get rambling again, I can shut up. <laughs> well, you, you're always welcome back. If you ever have, if something ever goes down and you want to explain or you're always welcome back because I am always here to listen. I like listening and listening to I like listening to people's thoughts so you're always welcome back if there's ever something that you do want to talk about <laughs> pertaining to Shiny or Junghyun or anything like that anybody anyway. or anybody like because yeah. I I'm I sound most many many <laughs> yes I see I don't know how you do it because <laughs> I'm getting overwhelmed with three like <laughs> Two, two, really two, which is Master X and um, BTS. And then I think I'm about to stand NCT, but... Yes, do it. 
It's a dumpster fire, but we love it. You said what? I said NCT is a dumpster fire, but we love it here. <laughs> I remember you saying that. <laughs> well, thank you so much for wanting to come on the on the podcast. I feel so weird calling it a podcast, but thank you so much <laughs> for coming on the podcast. Um, no problem. <laughs> thank you so much again. I will definitely see you later on Twitter, of course. Alrighty. <laughs> well, you have a good day. <laughs> you too. Okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation slash talk slash interview that me and Mackenzie had. I know I did. I learned a lot about Junghyun and I'm very excited to learn more about him because I agree with her that just because someone decides to make a decision, you know, that drastically affects um like suicide I'm not gonna try to you know make it broad but just because you know Jonghyun thought there was no other way to help him in his life he decided to end it that does not mean that you know he didn't make an impact while he was alive in his 28 years and um that made me think about people who have passed on in general you know when they pass away do we forget about them or like what do we do to help keep their legacies alive and what what was important about them that you know we should keep alive and you know I think what's important is we do the I, I do love how Shao's always include Jonghyun as well. They include all the other boys and then they include him as well as if he's still here because in their hearts he is and they don't want to continue associating him with his death. They want to associate him with the legacy he had in Shiny, and I understand that. And it, that's that's something that spoke to me a lot. You know how my culture deals with death and how they think about death. And I hope you enjoyed this episode because I know I did, and I know Mackenzie did, and um, I cannot wait. To to delve deeper into Shiny and Junghyun as well. So thank you all for listening. I also want to say thank you for checking out this podcast because without listeners, I'll just be listening to myself, which I don't mind. I never thought there would be 30 other people that would listen with me. So thank you all. And also, thank you to Mackenzie who wanted to come on the podcast. I never in a million years thought I would be interviewing someone slash talking with someone on a podcast. 
as an amateur like I thought I had to build up some years to do that but it was so fun and I would love to do it again like I would love to do it so thank you all for listening and I hope to see you next time for the next podcast episode